Okay, welcome as we begin Numa Sechet Ta'anit Daf Bet. Ta'anit is all about the fast days that were instituted whenever rain did not come on time, and then they, uh, the rabbis instituted uh, uh, fast days of increasing severity as time went on, because if there's no rain, then nothing grows, and it could be really a dire situation. Uh, so we begin with uh, the tefilot, which are actually very relevant. Let's clarify a couple of terminology. When we say mazkirin to, uh, to mention rain, that's talking about in the second beracha, when we say mashiv haruach, umorid hageshem. We'll see later where we talk about sho'alim, to request rain. That's in the ninth beracha, when we say v'ten tal umatad libracha. So the question here is, the same opening word as in Masechet Berachot. So we like to open with this kind of question. When is when and during the year do we begin to mention the strength of Geshamim? The Gemara will discuss why we call it strength of Geshamim. Uh, when do we start saying switching from Moridatal to Mashiv Haruach or Morida Geshem? We'll see two opinions here. We're going to see a few more opinions in the Talmud. Rabbi Eli Hag is always means the uh, Sukkot. We just say the holiday because Hag comes from, from like, like in Arabic, Hajj, uh, means the pilgrimage. And most people came to the pilgrimage to Jerusalem on Sukkot. So that's what we call it. So from the first day of Sukkot, that's when you start saying Mashivadokhmadageshim. Yamada will explain that because uh, that's when we start taking Lulav, right? And Lulav is also associated with praying for rain, hoping for good winds to come. So the first day. Rabbi Yoshua says, no, no, wait till that last day on Shemini Aseret. That's when we start saying, after all, we don't want it to rain during the holiday. We want to, we want to be able to sit in the sukkah. So wait till the end. Okay, now we have a discussion. Rabbi Yoshua says, why would, you, why would you start mentioning rain on the first day of the holiday? After all, Rain is a curse during the holiday. Uh, we saw that uh, famous Midrash says if, if someone goes and sets his table and goes into the sukkah and then it starts raining, you know what it's like? It's like uh, if you're a servant pouring wine for your master and the master is angry at you and he takes the wine and pours and, and throws it into your face. That's, that, that's the same. It's a negative. So we don't want to have, we don't have water poured in our face. Hashem saying, get out of the sukkah. I don't want you here. So why would you, why would you start praying for rain on the first day? Wait till the last day. Okay, be sure it makes sense. I agree with you. I didn't say that we should start requesting rain in the ninth beracha and by saying, Rather, I'm only talking about the second beracha. The second beracha, the first three berachot, are only praise. I'm giving a general praise. Hashem, you are the one who brings, <laughs> who brings wind and rain. You could say that anytime, really. And so I'm not actually requesting it. I'm just preparing the way, right? You know, Hashem, you're the one that brings the rain. Hopefully you bring it um, this year. So the Yoshua says back to him, if that's the case, then you should mention rain all year long, even in the summer, because you say, I'm not really requesting it. I'm only mentioning it. The Mishnah continues and says, <clears throat> 
Furthermore, when, when do we actually start asking for rain in the ninth beracha? We only do that when we get close to the time of the rainy season. Um, we do that in the beginning of December. It actually follows a solar calendar because that's when we really need the rain to come. So asking for requesting rain is a completely different story from mentioning. Back to the mentioning. When do we make the switch? We actually make the switch from Shacharit to Musaf. So whoever goes in front of the Teva, this is the way of referring to the Chazan, on the last day of the of the of Sukkot, meaning on Shemini Aseret, the second Chazan, the Chazan for Musaf, will say Mashiba Geshem. The first Chazan for Shacharit does not say it. And that's exactly what we do. Shacharit, we say Morei Datal. Only Musaf, we start Mashiba Geshem. Biom Tavrishon Shel Pesach, Harishon Maskir, Vacharon, Eno Maskir. However, uh, when, do, when do we stop? All the way on Pesach. Pesach is the first day of Pesach that the in Shacharit we say, and the second Chazan from Musaf stops and says, that's it, we're not, we don't say it anymore. And that is the Mishnah. Okay, Gemara will discuss. Tana ematai. The Gemara is going to ask a simple question. How do you start off the Masechet saying, oh, when do we mention Geburot Keshamim? Where are you coming from that you're already sudden, or all of a sudden jumping right into the topic? Right? Tell us first that we have to mention it at all. First tell me you have to mention it. Then I can ask, okay, when do we start mentioning it? And the answer is, Tana hatam ka'e dekatani mazkirin geburot keshamim betchatametim. Here it is. It's actually a, a baraita in, in the Masechet Berachot. It says you should mention the, the strength of rain and the second beracha of Techiatemetim. By the way, why there? What does rain have to do with resurrection of the dead? Uh, well, it has a lot to do with it. In a way, well, the rain coming, the new season, is a mini Techiatemetim. Uh, during the, uh, during the, 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 the winter, everything, everything dies. And uh, the trees are all barren. The fields are empty. And then, right then, you have the, um, the when the rain comes and the spring comes, then uh, things start growing again. So, with the cycle of the seasons, you see everything die and then come back to life. And therefore, that is um, a, a one example of the power of Hashem, the power through rain to bring the dead, uh, bring the dead back to life. And so that, therefore, it's appropriate, right in the Baracha, the same Baracha, we also say, anyone who's sick, in trouble, and Hashem helps them out. That, those are all uh, small examples of Tichiyat Hametim. It's really a very beautiful Baracha. And uh, the Baracha continues and says, And then we actually request rain officially in the ninth Baracha, that ends mebarech hashanim. Vehavdala bechonenadat, and we also we add in havdala in the chonenadat because that's that baracha is all about knowledge, and you have to know how to distinguish between kodesh and chol, between day and night, and that's the appropriate baracha to mention that now Shabbat and Yom Tov is over. That's the baracha. That's the baracha. Okay, good. So, so we already know from Berachot that you have to mention it. But now next question. Right? And there you go. And based on that, that's why we say because that Baraita already said that. You have to say it. Now we ask why. Okay, but our question is Fine, that Baraita was a very long time ago, all the way back in in uh, 
Why don't you ask the question back there? Why'd you wait till now? After we learned so much in between, why'd you wait till after Rosh Hashanah? Ela, rather, a new answer. What this whole thing is doing here? The very the second Mishnah in Masechet in Masechet Rosh Hashanah said talked about four times of the year in which the world is judged and said on Sukkot. We are judged for regarding water. Well, now that you mentioned that we're judged regarding water, so we, after we finish the whole Masechet Rosh Hashanah, then we begin and talk uh, elaborating on that point, being judged on the water. What if the water doesn't come? Where well, we have to pray for it beforehand, hope for it to come, and what we do if it doesn't. Uh, so what you see here is that the order of the Masechet were already known in the times of the Tamud. I don't know about all of them, but at least this one, right? Uh, but for sure, Ta'anit has to come after Rosh Hashanah. Since you already taught me in Masechet Rosh Hashanah that you, we are judged regarding the water. So now we ask, oh, when should we start mentioning? When is it appropriate to begin? Okay, very good. We also saw a hint to Ta'anit uh, in the end of Masechet Rosh Hashanah. So uh, they're, they're all linked together. Now, next question is, what is the strange phrase that you said, uh, that you say, call it the strength of rain? Why don't you just say, from when do we mention regarding the rain? What do you mean strength of rain? By the way, this type, notice that we didn't quote any uh, names of Amoraim yet, right? Um, although actually we're about to. Um, but uh, this is uh, typical of opening, uh, opening sugya. Of uh, in the Talmud Bavli is kind of introduction. It's more just about like word, just about words, like uh, uh, the, the style of the of the Mishnah before we get into the real content of it. So here, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Big Bura. The reason is because when rain comes down, it comes down with great strength. If, if you were around today in New York, you saw hail, like really, mamash, right, ice ice hail coming down. It was dangerous to be outside. You really saw that strength. Okay, but we uh, not only experience it, we also derive it from Pesukim. Shneemar, Oseh gedolot ad en haiker, v'niflaot ad en mispar, uchtiv hanoten matar al pene haaretz, v'sholech mayim al pene chosot. So we quote two Pesukim. Uh, it's not clear how these Pesukim prove that rain is, has is strength. Not, not one word in any of these Pesukim has the word givura, um, it does say the word gedolot, and this is referring to the things Hashem does in general. Our gedolot are so great beyond comprehension, uh, miracles without number. Okay, that sounds like a general thing that Hashem, the things that Hashem does, and that's a that's a pasuk in the Yov nine ten, and then another pasuk in the Yov chapter five. So they're not even connected to each other; they're not even near each other. Says Hashem, you give, you bring dew on the on the land, and you send water all up upon the fields. So this does talk about rain, but it doesn't talk about uh, givura, and it's not connected to the previous pasuk. So it's really unclear what's going on here. To solve this problem, we have to, uh, we can notice that there's this pasuk in the Yav comes up twice, almost the same way. So in the Talmud, it quotes the version in the Yav chapter nine, Osei gedolot ad en haiker. But in the Yav chapter hey, it says, And that's the pasuk right before the one that it, that it quotes next. 
So you see, it's clear that the Gemara meant to quote Eyov He Tet and Yud. For whatever reason, uh, I don't know if this was because they memorized it or some scribe um, remembered this version, Ad and Cheket, and put that in, but it's appropriate to change it to Ve and Cheket, and this, these Pesukim are back to back. Okay, so now we're much closer to an explanation. We see that rain is associated with gedolot and niflaot, which is are synonymous with givura. Okay, we still didn't fully explain it because we don't have the word givura here. So that's what the Gemara will say next. My mashma, what exactly did you mean? Where's the givura? We're going to use a gezera shava from the word cheked, aden cheked here, that's in this pasuk, uh, the first one that it quotes, and it appears also in another place. Let's see. So here's another word that says it's unfathomable and chayked. And here it's talking about the creation, um, that uh, 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 the Hashem's creation, the creator of the, of the ends of the earth is amazing. And then there's another, that's Pasuk in Yeshaya. And there's another Pasuk in Tilim says, Mechin harim nezar He who makes mountains is girded with strength. So now we can get the whole connection. There's a basuk regarding making mountains, creation. And there it says the word givura. So therefore, anytime we talk about Hashem's creation, that is also givura. And that basuk has has uh, has cheker. And so then we go back and we see there's a basuk in the Yov. Well, this one that says en cheker. And the basuk right after that talks about rain. And so you connect all the dots and now you get givurot of givurot geshamim. Okay, uh, good. Um, in a way, you could make it even just think of it more directly that bringing rain is an act of creation. It's creating the, the plants, everything grows. Uh, you know, the creation isn't just a one-time event at the beginning of time, but rather an ongoing uh, event that we witness um, every day. Okay, beautiful. So now that we know that um, it's appropriate to mention givurot uh, geshamim, the question is, how do you know that you should say it during the tefillah? Because in the Shema says we should love, love Hashem our God and serve Him with our hearts. How can you serve God with your heart? I can understand you serve God with your hands. You could go and do something with your legs, go run and, and, and somewhere and, and perform something. But how do you serve God in your, in your heart, in your mind? That is through tefillah, through praying, concentrating, thinking about the words. And within that paragraph, it says, and I will give you rain at the right time. So therefore, one of the things that we should mention every day is a prayer for rain. Not every, uh, at, at the appropriate seasons is a prayer for rain, and so that's how we know. Um, okay, good. So now that we got that introduction uh, to the side, now we understand where we're coming from. Now let's see where we're going. Nice agada. Rabbi Yochanan, we saw already, says there are three keys that Hashem keeps and he does not give to an agent. 
Other things he gives to agents. You know, you, you take care. You're in charge of this portfolio. You're a secretary of something else. But the keys for rain and for someone giving birth, a woman giving birth, that she should be healthy. And uh, for res- resurrection of the dead, these Hashem deals with directly. How do we know? Here it says Hashem directly um, should open up for you the treasure houses of rain. Uh, this uh, may go back to a time when um, uh, it was believed the cosmology of the world is that there's storehouses of rain up, up in heaven and there's little doors, right? And they open up and that's how the rain comes down. Uh, you could look at the description of the Mabul is like that. Um, the truth is actually really more amazing, right? That water goes up from the oceans and comes down than the whole water cycle. Perfect. We read this today. And Hashem remembered Rachel and opened her womb. And she, uh, so she was, uh, she became pregnant. And so you see Hashem is uh, involved directly in giving in um, uh, allowing women to have safe births. This from Yechezkel 37, the famous nevoah of the, the, the field of dry bones, and Yechezkel sees them rise up, and flesh is attached, and skin, and they come back alive, and he says this represents the nation of Israel that will go from, from death back to life, and then you will know that I am Hashem when I opened the, your graves. In other words, Hashem does it directly. Good. That's three. In the West, they say, it's curious this is in the West because the first three were said by the Biochanan, uh, who is in the West. But uh, okay, for whatever reason, um, added to the Biochanan's tradition, some in the West say, not only those three, but also the keys for um, earning a livelihood. Um, as it says, Hashem, Hashem, open your hands and give everything, what it, all life, what it needs to live. Question, B'yohanan says only three. He didn't count this one. How come he didn't count the livelihood? It's the same thing. If you get rain, back then, 95% of the population were farmers. So if you have rain, then things will grow. Then you'll have panasa. So that is, does represent livelihood. And this is good today, because even though most of us aren't farmers, and, uh, you know, we're not the, the, uh, directly dependent on the rain. But nevertheless, when you think of rain, you can um, have in mind also um, all, of, all of our work and all of our, all of our li- livelihood that it should be successful. Okay, now into the halachic content. Rabbi Eliezer says, we should start Mashi Baruch on the first day of Sukkot. Rabbi Eliezer, the question is, where did Rabbi Eliezer learn this from? Is he comparing Mashiva Morida Geshem to Lulav, which we take on the first day, and so too mention rain on the first day, or from the water libation that is begun on the first day, and so too we should mention Geshem on the first day, right? It's, the truth is that on Sukkot, we do two other rituals that have to do with rain and starting the process of asking Hashem, thanking Hashem for rain and, and requesting for the future. So it could be compared to either one of these. So how could we tell which is the answer? And the answer is, Midlulav Gamarla. 
מה לולה ביום? אף הזכרה ביום. עוד יום ניסוך המים גמר לה, מה ניסוך המים מאורתא? דאמר מור ומנחתם ונזקיהם, אפילו בלילה אף הזכרה מאורתא. Well, it would seem that it's from lulav because lulav is only brought during the day. There's no mitzvah of lulav at night. So just like mitzvah lulav is brought during the day, when do we start mentioning morit ha-geshem? In the daytime, in the morning, happens to be in Musaf. So that would make sense. Or maybe we learn it from Nisuch HaMayim. And Nisuch HaMayim can be even from the night. Remember the word me'urta, even though it sounds like or, actually means the nighttime. As it says, something about the plural of the multiple libations teaches us that you can bring it during the day, you can even bring it at night. This is curious because actually we don't generally bring any libations at night, but the point is that from the letter of the law, even though a korban musaf has to be during the day, the animal itself, if you bring the, what, the wine libation at night, it's okay. And so too, the water libation, even though they always brought it during the day, Uh, technically, they could have brought it at night. So maybe if we learn it, if we compare Mori Dageshem to the water libation, then maybe we should start saying Mashib Haruach from the nighttime, start from Arbit uh, on the first night of Sukkot. That's the question. Here's the answer. Tashema, Tamarabi Abhu, Lo Limedah Rabbi Eliezer, Ela Milulav. In truth, he learned it from Lulav. Uh, we're going to see a proof in a second. How does Rabbi Abu know this? Uh, some say he, that he learned it from a tradition. He has a tradition that this is, uh, this is it. It's an oral tradition. Others say he actually has a full-fledged baraita, um, that he was a baraita that was taught that has this information. And according to the second one that he has a baraita, we're going to quote the baraita. By the way, here's a, a picture of a jug that is uh, on a bar kochva coin. Barkofa coins always put uh, symbols of the Betamitash on their coins. So a jug here is the one that would be used for, for, a, for a nesech, for, probably for a, a wine libation, or could be water libation also. And when the water was poured on the Mizbech, it was poured into a, a receptacle, and then it would go down, and this would go down to, into a hole in the Mizbech and go all the way down to the, uh, to the, to the foundation. Okay, Maihi, what is the, this Baraita that you refer to that we can, by which we can prove that Rabbi Eliezer compared saying Morid HaGeshem to Lulav? Look at that. The Baraita, it's a, same, it's a parallel to our Mishnah, but it says it in a different way. Instead of saying Rabbi Eliezer says, You start on the first day, it says from the time that you first take the lulav. We first take the lulav on the first day of Sukkot. And Rabbi Yoshua says, no, you start saying Morid Dageshem after you put down the lulav. When do we put down the lulav for the last time? On the seventh day. So then after that, on the eighth day, that's when you start saying Um, so it's always interesting to see parallels that Mishnah says it one way, the Baraita says it another way. How did the Be'aliyaz and Be'ashua really say it? I don't know. We don't, you know, we have multiple versions. Maybe they said it this way, and then the Be'udanasi just kind of summarized it in a simpler language, or maybe the other way around. I don't know. Okay, so we're lucky to have this Baraita. Now we know their reason. Okay, now we're going to quote um, a longer Baraita that's going to elaborate. On all of these reasons, Amad Abi Eliezer, Ho'il va'arba'at minin halalu, and then ba'in ela l'rasot al hamayim, 
וכשן שארבעה מינים הללו אי אפשר בהם בלא מים, כך אי אפשר לעולם בלא מים. ואליעזר נאו אקספליקייטס איז ריזן. סינס, דה פור מינים, דולה ואתרוג, And also they depend on rain. They wouldn't grow if you didn't have rain. Therefore, uh, there is no, no, it's not possible uh, to, uh, for the world to exist without water. That's why when we bring the lulav, we should also say words and, and pray for rain. So that makes perfect sense. Amal lo Rabbi Yoshua, ha'lo geshamim b'chageno ela siman kelala. Rabbi Yoshua says, yeah, but Praying for rain explicitly on the holiday is a curse. We don't want it to rain while we're trying to sit in the sukkah. You see, this braita is an expanded version of our Mishnah. I don't know if it's expanding or maybe this is the original. Probably more likely this is the original conversation. And the Mishnah is just giving us a little snippet of it because the Mishnah has to be very concise to be memorized. Although all these braitas were also memorized. Um, uh, but not by everybody. Okay, says, I agree with you. I'm not saying that we should pray for rain. We don't actually want it to rain on the on Sukkot. Rather, just mention it as a praise. We're we're starting to think about rain. And continues with, with a really good proof. He says, we mention all year round, right? We say that all the time, uh, whether it's the time of, of Mashiach or not, whether it's the time of resurrection or not, we don't know what it's going to be. So, so too, um, it's appropriate to mention rain, even if it's not, even if we don't want actually want it to rain right now. And according to that, the Eliezer says, if you feel like, like mentioning rain all year round, go for it. If you just like really love and are inspired by rain and you want to say, all year round, it's okay, you could do it. Okay, now we're going to see a few more opinions. We only saw two so far, the first day and the last day. Now we're going to see more. Rebi Omer, Rebi, that's Biudanasi, Omer Ani, he says, whenever you stop asking for rain, meaning when we go from Barech Alenu to Barechenu, when we stop saying Ten Talmatan Libracha in the ninth Baracha, that's also the same time that we stop mentioning Mashiba Rukhmedegeshim. In other words, don't say it all year round. You got to stop. And they, they go together. The Biuda ben Betera Omer, different the Biuda than the Biuda Nasi. You should start saying Mashiba Roha Geshem on the first day, not on the last day, on the second day of, of Sukkot. He'll explain why. On the sixth day of Sukkot. So now we have the first day, second day, sixth day, or eighth day. Four different opinions. In the name of Rabbi Yoshua, he's explaining Rabbi Yoshua. When Rabbi Yoshua says this on the last day, it's not for Shacharit of the last day, but rather only for Musaf of the last day. So therefore, the second Chazan says Morid Dageshim, the first Chazan, Shacharit does not. Whereas on Sukkot, when you stop saying it, the first Chazan says Morid Dageshim, and one for Musaf says, uh, stops saying it. Okay, that's the end of the Braita, the expanded version of our Mishnah. Now, I will discuss it a bit. Shapir Kamale, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yoshua. Doesn't Rabbi Eliezer have a really good point that 
you say you say all year round, even though you don't want to know when it's going to be, so too, yeah, maybe you should, maybe it's okay to say all year round. Isn't that a good point? You, you could see the style of how they learned in the Bet Midrash during Amoraic times. They would take these Tanaim and say, you know, what do you think about that? How would you answer for that Tana? Right? And then he would have to go back and they would recreate the debate. So well, could answer you and say, Truth is that can be any time. We don't know when it's going to be. It's not limited. But for rain, is all the is any time it rains, is it good? It's not. We're going to see in the Mishnah later on in this Masechet that once Nisan is completed and it rains in, uh, it rains in the middle of the spring or summer, that is bad. We don't want it to rain because by that time we cut the grain in the fields and now we leave it out to dry. And now if it rains on, the, on top of the grain that's drying, it will cause it to rot. So it's terrible if it rains at that point, right? So it's not like, yeah, rain's good anytime. No, we got to stop uh, uh, praying, unlike Tchatem Etim. is good anytime. We'd love to see our uh, our great-grandparents. Um, okay. Pasuk uh, in Shemuel, which says, is uh, is not the wheat harvest today? Uh, and let me see. Uh, that's, let me see if we'll send thunder and rain. So you'll know that their wickedness is great. In other words, you see that this is a punishment to have rain um, after the harvest. Now, uh, now let's go to the other opinions mentioned in the, in this Baraita, the one who said this, you start saying it the second day of Sukkot. Why? Why would he say you start on the second day? Okay, this is the famous mem yud mem. mem yud mem kan mayim. All right, let me show you the pesukim inside so we can appreciate this. If you look at the korbanot, the musaf offerings on Sukkot and b'midvar in parashat pinachas, you see that for each day the last word is you bring all the the chatat and the tamid and everything viniska and the wine libation. For it, it's wine libation. Good. And that is a true for most of the days. The first, third, three, four, five are all the same. But on the second day, it says venis kehem in plural. It's unusual. Why has it come out of its way? And all of a sudden, this one's in plural on the second day. Their libations. The other one that's out of ordinary is on the sixth day. It says, and its libations. Uh, so that's an extra yud more than the usual viniska. The first one has an extra mem, uh, more than the usual viniska. And then on the last day, it says also viniskehem in plural. So if you just take, I'll take off the extra letters, the mem here, the yud here, and the mem here, you put, put it together, you get mem yud mem mayim. Okay, this is a very unusual kind of dirasha. I can't think of any other example uh, uh, like this. Um, but what you do see is that it says this extra mem on the second day. So uh, the truth is you have to explain this somehow. Every Baal Korea knows, oh yeah, have to remember this one, right, is different, different ending. Don't just read it the same. So can you, if you could think of a better explanation, let me know. Uh, so this, since it says the extra mem on the second day, that's a hint that we should bring the water on the second day. We should start therefore mentioning water, 
on the second day of Sukkot. So that's his derasha. Okay. Since the Torah went out of its way to hint to it, it does call it a remez, right? So this is not really a full-fledged derasha. It's just a hint uh, so that you can remember it. Um, you have to also remember that the Nisu um, Hamayim was a subject of a huge controversy because the Sadokim said, we shouldn't do it, right? Remember the Sadoki Kohen Gadol that poured it on his feet and he got pelted with Etzrogim? So therefore, to bolster their uh, position, the rabbi said, it's not, we don't only know from oral tradition, there's even a hint to it in the Pesukim themselves, right? How would you explain this, Mem, mem Yud Mem? So um, we do have an extra hint. Since it's hinted to on the second day, this is the, is the first Mem, therefore we mention Shibaruch on the second day. All right, and now we get to finally, the Biakiva Omer Bashishi Bechagumaskir, Nema Bashishi Un Sacheha, Bishne Nisuchin, Akatum de Bera, Hanisuchamai, Bechad Nisuch, Hayayin. Biakiva learns it a little bit more simply on the sixth day, it says Un Sacheha, and it's um, it's libations. So this is a really unusual word. The truth is, when it says benis kehem, their libations, that is actually, a, that you can explain that just fine. There are many korbanot, and each korban has its own wine libation. Therefore, there are many libations for many korbanot. So that's benis kehem. But the word unsacheha is unsachim shela, its libations. It's talking about one korban, that has many libations. There's no such thing as one korban has many libations. Therefore, it's hinting to something added. Besides the wine libation, there must be another one that's completely different, and that's the water. Uh, so therefore, you see, according to the Biakiva, the Miskehem has nothing to do with uh, wine libation, only the one, this one, Nunzacheha, and that's one on the sixth day. Therefore, we only start bringing the the Nisuchamayim uh, on the sixth day, and therefore, see, he's connecting uh, the mention of Mashiach Baruch Medageshem to Nisuchamayim. Unlike what we said before for the Bieliezer, he connects the, uh, the Mashiach Baruch Medageshem to Lulav, which everyone agrees is brought on the first day. So there you go. Rabbi Akiva has a very nice Tadasha. Now, Emma Talvaihu de Hamara, how do you know that both of them are not for wine? Oh, from for that, we'll go back to the Biudaben Betara that said um, that the hint, mem yud mem. Okay, so because you say something else, maybe it means another, another libation of wine, maybe a libation of uh, some other liquid. How do you know it's water? So even the Biakiva can be uh, helped by the Biudaben Betara, who did say the mem yud mem. And therefore, we have another hint that it, it is, in fact, water. Hold on. If he accepts that, the mem yud mem, though he should say the second day, since the mem, the first mem is on the second day. No. No, the, the extra word, the extra letter is only on the, on the sixth day. It says, un sacheha. Right, that's his main derivation. And the other thing, the mem that comes from before, is just letting you know that what should you bring 
What, should, what else should you pour? It is water. But the main thing that the fact that it says you should pour something else, an extra thing, that's on the sixth day. And therefore, he would say, only on the sixth day. And uh, this uh, last point, this uh, reminds me of Rabbi Akiva. He's the one that is, was uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was, uh, is in the back of the classroom. Hashem says, there's going to be a, a sage in the future who's going to learn uh, mounds of halachot, even from a single little stroke. And this is a good example from the Yud, the tiniest letter, right? Just one little drop of ink. He learns that this, this he learns this entire mitzvah. Baruch Adonai Amen v'amen.